and that work of healing resistance, the principles of nonviolence, it talks about this idea of beloved community. Everyone deserves to be seen. Everyone deserves to be heard. Everyone deserves to be long here. And that's powerful. It's so powerful. And, and the levels of safety and bravery it takes to just be amongst one another. It, it's it's the work of the world, you know, and the Malcolm X quote, that's the last quote. I, I feel like I was quotation today, but uh, when we replace I and we, even illness becomes wellness. And, and that's just showing us so much of, like you said, nervous systems hardwired to be amongst one another, to learn, to co-regulate together, to the mirror neurons and the, the beauty in you, seeing the beauty in me and all that transpires after being in community. This is the place of community connection, where we honor and celebrate each individual's unique gifts and passions. Share rituals for all the seasons and cycles of life, and bring light to both ancient and modern practices that transform communities to the new earth paradigm. One that is more loving, compassionate, and life-affirming. This is The Nourish Collective. And we're your hosts. I'm Jeanette Seeley. And I'm Kate Straykash. And we're so grateful that you're here with us to take this journey, to grow, to explore, and to weave together magic and wisdom. It's such an honor to share with you the conversation that we had with Michael Mills, a transformational leader who, since childhood, has found a passion to serve and uplift the community. He is the co-founder of Conscious Youth Development and Service Kids Organization, a nonprofit transforming youth, schools, and communities through holistic practices, facilitating mindfulness, social-emotional learning, trauma healing, restorative practices, and resilience building. Michael is a sound healing facilitator and poet author as well. His purpose is to awaken infinite love within self and humanity. Thank you for having me. Yes. Thanks. So good to have you. Mm-hmm. You've been such a light in the community for mm-hmm. years, and it's been beautiful. I know what kids is all about, but just to see the ripple effects and the impact on so many in, in mm-hmm. such a positive way. Yeah, well, it's, it's a blessing. And I think it means we're all in the right coordinates and all the work that we're doing where we're just around such a beautiful community that is looking to show up in their heart and compassion and, you know, beyond just the, the, the business aspect, just doing things out of love, you know, and that's for me, the highest currency there is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So tell us a little bit maybe about how this all began. Oh, yes. So <laughs> we often start off by saying this started lifetimes ago, but, but I, I will, I'm going to start off here because the chronological is, is really cool because me and, and brother Rye, we've, we've been in coordinates with one another before even consciously aware of it. So I'll start off by saying years after we started this nonprofit, my mother finds, and they used to always collect my 
newspaper articles for like football, basketball, and they used to just, you know, scrapbook of like everything I've done in school and everything from soccer to basketball, football, you know, even poetry and stuff like that. And they have like a scrapbook and then they're looking through the scrapbook and and, and it's weird because it's like this is in high school and they're seeing a picture of me, not me. They have a scrap article of Rodney Solomon. And this is before like we didn't know each other or anything. So I'm like, wow, that's like there's certain coordinates. And then as me and, and Rodney talk and, and connect, we also find out that we're on the same AU basketball team. Like I'm an age group under him and we're on the same AU basketball team at the same time in our worlds. This is again, this is before we knew each other. So there's things that were putting us in and divine synchronicity of one another. So consciously aware of Rodney, we're both on Monmouth University campus. He's he's playing football at Monmouth and I'm just a student. I'm a very active student, but there's this intramural basketball, which is recreation basketball for college campuses. And we're playing against each other all the time. And 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 so we're we're playing against each other and these are just coordinates right and these are just little dots that are being connected and then it wasn't until years after college where I'm working as a food sourcing manager at the it's called fulfill now but the food bank of Monmouth and Ocean counties and after work I would because my heart's always been in the community I would go volunteer at different soup kitchens and and just being a community and he would go to the soup kitchens. He's working as a youth development specialist in Asbury Park High School. And he would bring his students to the soup kitchen to volunteer and we'd start seeing each other. And so we'd have these coordinates that are being connected and these dots being connected. And we start having these conversations about everything in the world because we're all doing like community work. I'm working at the food bank, but I'm also working as a youth development and, and doing mentor work and volunteer and like behavioral assistant work, working with youth in the community and different arenas and Rod's doing the same thing. And, and we're just talking about everything going on in the community. And we're just... We're just talking about these cycles. I'm going to start, start first start off by calling it unconsciousness, but these cycles of of unconsciousness, but these generations of pain bodies and, and traumas that are being passed on in a community from parent to child and generation to generation and how people are seeking solutions and, and from our awareness and maybe the wrong outlets, you know, the drinking, the smoking and just kind of like numbing it away. And so I don't have to feel this. Right. And then we're also seeing people like on the social justice arena, just like, you know, protests are great, but after the protest, what's actually happening, right? Or even deeper layers, like I, I read a book called Healing Resistance. It's by Kazu Haga, but it's like, it talks about the principles of nonviolence, but also the need to take care of yourself, to heal yourself. As I'm trying to dismantle systems, I also have to dismantle the portion of the systems that are inside of me. So it's like the, the, the I and the we at the same time, but a lot of people were just doing the we, you, 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 and the protests are great. I'm not, I'm not, it brings awareness, but if I'm doing it from a hurt space, it's not a race that's going to last long, you know, and, and just how like at the individual level, people weren't whole. So we've seen these cycles going on in the community. And it was around that time that we were both starting to and starting to look 
deeper within ourselves holistically. So we started changing up our diets and, you know, Mickey D's and junk food. And we started finding, okay, there's a, there's a cleaner temple, you know, where I'm able to operate from a pure space and my mind is more focused. You know, I'm cutting out fast foods. I'm cutting out junk foods, getting away from the sugar. And I'm starting to put in foods that are nourishing me on a, on a physical level and my optimal level. And I'm starting to see the importance of just like, man, oh, I had to clean this out clean this temple out and how how regulated I became after doing that and then just doing the same type of diet and cleansing for the mind junk music and junk tv and all this other stuff and I I tell this often to youth I, I grew up listening to hip-hop and and 50 cent and all this and I wonder why I had so much aggression with in me as a young man and have these like that the mind of one of those individuals that they're listening to, but it's like, why am I had that type of anger? Why do I have that type of aggression in me? It's, oh, it's the music I'm listening to. I have to tend to my mind like I'm tending to a garden. What seeds am I planting and things of that sort. So I started cleansing the mind, finally to healing the heart and started losing the, the simple tools of like the breath and the body and how I can bring more healing inside this space. And it, it took a journey. We're still, we still go through it because it's not about the destination, but the journey, but it's like, wow, imagine this space that I'm here. Cause when I change this reality in here, I began to see a reality out here change. Imagine we started bringing that blueprint to youth and Rodney started experimenting with it in Asbury Park High School, working with the, the students he was, even though it wasn't part of his job. And he started like, okay, this this is actually more beneficial than me doing the old social constructs of social work and, and things of that sort. And it's like, wow, this is, this is powerful. And even myself, it's like, I hated giving or having because we had these caseloads of youth and you'd be able to work with them for like 90 hours or 120 hours and then on HIPAA law after you disconnect from that youth you can't see or, or have contact with them for two years and I'm like wow that, that doesn't seem because these relationships matter connections matter and a lot of times these healthy connections a lot of these youth don't have so I'm always I'll say this because I'm I'm way past that time, but like I've always broke HIPAA and like I always stayed in contact with my youth even beyond our service time because I, I knew the value of having healthy, supportive adults in, in your lives. And so we started kids in 2014 and it started those conversations, started, you know, that observation really sparked an obligation to get back to this community and a community that was dear to our heart, Asbury Park. And it wasn't 2014, we, we started with an open mic just to get our name out in the community. And it became its own program, its own platform for vulnerability, for openness, for, you know, being your authentic self, for healing, for compassion, for, and just community. And, and it was beautiful. And we've had done that since 2014, ever since every month, we have hosted an open mic here in Asbury Park. And it's one of our longest standing programs. So we did, did a lot of those community programs, monthly meditation sits. We started a free journey summer program in 2015 that summer. And it was just a, a program. It was for like K through 12. You would have thought, you know, cause we didn't have an idea of narrowing it down, but years following that, we started narrowing it down. We had an elementary school camp. Then we had a middle school camp and high schoolers were able to volunteer with us as junior counselors our junior conscious workers. And it wasn't until 2017 where we started a school-based program because me and Rodney took a leap of love and we left our full-time jobs. We didn't know what was going to happen, but we knew that we had a passion and purpose. And so that leap of love helped us really like, okay, 
now we're living out the constructs of systems and we're able to build our own system within the organization. So as soon as that happened, schools are reaching out to us like that. So 2017, schools are reaching out to us. By that time, Rodney also worked with some some folks in Asbury Park of like building out a wellness initiative and for educators and youth. And at that time, when he left his full-time job, they're like, well, we need someone to actually facilitate this wellness initiative. And boom, we had our first large contract in Asbury Park that fall 2017. And ever since then, you know, we've had our program here in Asbury Park, but we've been able to expand throughout the state, I almost said nation, but that's, that's a, a idea of things to come, but throughout the state and working with over a hundred schools and impacting well over 15,000 youth and over 7,000 educators and thousands of community members who've been through our programs. And, uh, now it's just all really about influencing the systems and the systemic change and that has to take place because we know in order for this to be truly holistic and and really deeply ingrained in the culture leaders have to embody these tools as well so we've had great partnerships with F department of children and families and did a keynote with them over earlier this year and uh, we're doing our second keynote with njea next month. And it's been beautiful because we're starting to see the need. And I think the pandemic helped out with a lot of it, the need for individuals to look within themselves and to find more sources of healing inside of me. And the change has to come within me for me to change anything outside of me. So that is a long-winded answer for your question. <laughs> I just realized I went off. <laughs> it's incredible. And to just learn in recent years how your reach has spread wider and wider and the nationwide won't be too much longer. <laughs> A leap of love. I mean, I just felt so resonant. I actually got goosebumps from it, but wow. Yeah. Just beautiful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. Are you seeing a change and even more of a need for it after 2020, after so many lives were disrupted with their flow of being in school, being in in person in community, and then coming back and all the flux that has come and gone. Are you seeing more of a demand? Uh, yes. Yes, it's a short answer, but the long answer is we saw this in 2017. And, you know, the the beauty and the gift of the pandemic, a lot of us had to sit with ourselves. And during that time, you can't go anywhere other than here. And and you start to understand, oh, wow, things are broken, not just on a systemic level, but on an individual level. And, And so whether it be layoffs and and relationships, loss of life, a lot of people had to reconcile with some of the things that are already inside of me. And some of the things I've been putting away or sweeping under the rug for a long time. And I think like any, any type of event like the pandemic, or I know they did a lot of this work around Sandy as well. Now funding comes on an emotional level, even though we kind of seen it back then. And also, and just a little digression, we we saw it and we also had an opportunity to train under an organization called Holistic Life Foundation that was doing this work 20 years prior and in Baltimore school system. And 
and it was like an inspiration for us as well. So it's we saw what could take place and we're, we're thankful that the pandemic allowed doors to open now so we can rethink, reimagine and reinvent education as it should be. And I, I forgot the, the source of the quote, but we always lead with in our recharge, your battery workshops It's education, educating the mom without education is no education at all. So understanding that it's like, how do we, educate the heart? How do we connect back to the heart space? How do we diversify education in a way where it meets all the needs of individuals and is not just learning one way, but we're learning how to navigate life and how to be in purpose. And and one thing that we've been leading with over the last year, because there's a lot of research coming out around it, there's a book called The Awakened Brain, and it's by Dr. Lisa Miller. Um, Jeanette, I think you know of that work, but I've had the privilege of working alongside another colleague of Dr. Lisa Miller, this woman named Linda Lantier, and she is actually one of the founding members of Castle Social Emotional Learning and built this framework for schools to adopt. And I work alongside her in this fellowship called Transformational Educational Leadership. And in that at program, we're teaching a, a different level of consciousness, even beyond SEL. They call it transformative SEL now, but it's a, it's a way of interbeing, connection, culture, being culturally responsive and equity and including all these things in that framework. But I'm happy to say that because of the pandemic, a lot of these systems are beginning to change. And we've had the opportunity to work with leaders, superintendents in Monmouth County and do a presentation in front of them and open up the doors, even, I guess, in a more diligent way, because some of them didn't even know we were working in their schools prior to that. They're like, oh, wait, oh, you did that program. And now it's, it's, it's on everyone's radar and it's on everyone's mind and their heart. And I think it's necessary. And it's necessary conversations to talk about pain to talk about trauma and, and to talk about all these things that have been affecting us prior. But have now, we've seen tremendous now in schools, a need for us to address this work. And I'll just say this too, because I think it's very related. Even the state of New Jersey has been pushing forth an initiative. They have an office of resilience in New Jersey, and it's built around the framework of the ACES, Adverse Childhood Experience Study. And they've been really trying to make it accessible to every community to have this knowledge of ACES. And if you're not familiar with that work, I would highly recommend looking at it because the CDC's funded it in 1994, and they sound that the largest impact we'll have in healthcare as we know it is addressing childhood trauma. And if you can connect that to the work that we know as wellness practitioners, you know, 90% of diseases is trapped emotions and things of that sort, and just in the body and just understanding how the body keeps its core and all these factors, just addressing that will change the world. And we, what better way to do it in an education school system where everyone goes through and everyone has access to it then? It's absolutely phenomenal. I mean, understanding the context of culture and community in the healing process and what you're building and at the age that you're implementing it, that you're able to reach people is the step towards healing intergenerational trauma that has been passed on and on and on through systems of oppression and racism and, and social injustice and all of the things that we're actually finally, I think, 
really facing together collectively instead of hiding from and pretending it doesn't exist or swallowing it with shame in our communities. Now there's like this collective awakening around the processing of this. And there's so, so much beauty in all you just shared. And I'm like going to be able to go down some rabbit holes around the resources you've just given us. But I, I deeply appreciate the work you're doing. I appreciate you. I appreciate you. I'm a reflection of your heart. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, I, I think much of change and I don't discount this and you know I apologize if it comes off wrong but like I I a lot of change comes from chaos or brokenness right and uh, and so I don't even in myself and my one of my sound practitioners talked about this intertanglement between coherence and incoherence and how both are necessary or constantly in an influx you know for me to grow I have to go through incoherence to get back to coherence and, and that duality of both. And, and so I'm thankful for the pandemic. I'm thankful for all the experiences in my life that made me aware and made me align me here because there's several moments and experiences in my life. And you talk about childhood trauma that had put me here to, to look at something deeper and more meaningful in life and, and myself first and then in life and to bring this to the world. I have a few questions coming to mind, but I appreciate that you acknowledged the coherence comes from incoherence and from chaos. And we see that with the work that Jeanette does, the work that I do in different ways with approaching the body, that the body is wired to operate on a frequency of love which is the strongest field of coherence in the body. But so many experiences dampen that and dim that connection and the imprints that get stuck in the brain. And so mm. much of that is coming back to, to trusting the body, mm. trusting in, in the way that it can heal and something that always brings us together is through community and how we can learn from each other, how we can grow with and through each other. And your work and devotion to it is such a great reminder in that. Mm. that trauma can really feel like such an isolating ex mm. or isolated experience, but when groups can come together, how it can be this, this shared field where without even sharing the stories, vocalizing it, that we can drop into that space and and raise the raise into the heart and from that open to a deeper state of alignment. Yeah. We have found that it's important to to learn how to be in community again. And that's one of the biggest things we bring into schools and you know, we, we, we make a community, we break, not, not break the ice, but 
just to move towards one another. And, and there's a lot of research, especially over the last few years, that show the the dangers of isolating and isolating and suffering. And and I saw research out of the, I think, University of New Hampshire said isolation is just as lethal as smoking 15 cigarettes a day and also decreases your lifespan. And I'm just like, wow, we have to learn how to be in community again. And in this digital age, it could be hard, and but we use it as a tool, but not let it take over. And I came from a school as, as we were park high school, and it's like, wow, everyone's just hooked on here. And they, it even they say, it, I'd rather communicate on here with a person right next to me than actually communicate this person right next to me. And and how the fallacy of, of being able to like something on a digital platform, but not being able to tell that person you like them in real life. And, and so learning how to be in community again is, and it's probably, you know, for me to one of the most important workings to do moving forward. The ability to be held in a community embrace in a way of kind of moving together, breathing together or chanting together or offering presence to witness someone speaking, someone offering their spoken word. Mm -hmm. The healing power in that is profound. And it's, it's amazing to think that in some ways, we still think of healing as binary and individual. And it really isn't at all. It takes this collective experience to really transform and to bring safety to the nervous system to bring regulation so Absolutely. it's epic what you're doing i love that you're doing it with kids and school systems yeah. and districts where there's such a need for it where there's not necessarily an understanding or a ground of support from you know working parents or families that have experienced divorce or their own systemic isolative qualities that trauma has induced and then to reprogram and to initiate this opportunity for deep change on the individual and then collective level is just it is brilliant and it's where the work and the heart of the work really begins so it's beautiful can i make one more plug because Jeanette and and a small group of us during the pandemic, when everything was isolated, we were meeting weekly, almost twice a week sometimes, in a training together called Game Changers. So it, was, it reminds me of community and just that uh, that nourishment you get because isolation was difficult for a lot of individuals. And I saw individuals even in the wellness arena who, you know, who who suffered in silence and turned to the drug abuse and, and substance to help heal that space. And I, I say that because it's understand healing journeys like, okay, there's some things that people are trying to do to cope through something. So even when a youth embraces something that they're doing, I don't try to say it's a label that is good or bad, but can I show you more tools and more options, more a toy box of assortment that you can use for your own healing journey? That was such a great experience, the game changer intensive and yeah, such a gift. Like we were in community with one another, but then there was this larger global community 
simultaneously doing the work and it's an ongoing opportunity to join in on and support and as is the kids organization which at the end will definitely give you ways to support this beautiful work that michael and rodney are doing mm -hmm. with their team and the more that we can step up and take action where action needs to be taken the more that we drive the collective towards more peace more harmony and the higher vibration of love mm. absolutely So can I pose a question to both of you? <laughs> it's like, but what is awakening within you in regards to the transformation, not just of yourself, but the world in this moment? I'll share from my realm. Part of the work that I do and connect with clients is around leading in through the physical body, but going deeper into the emotional and the energetic bodies. And for a long period of time, I've deemed it yoni work. So mainly working with women with vulva owners but I love, 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 love having the opportunity to work with men around their lingam health. But from that, it's opening up this pathway. What I, What is awakening within me is weaving in this connection between the masculine and the feminine energy that each of us embody. And however individuals identify themselves, but the fire has become so much brighter within me and the devotion to move out of the comfort zone that I was in to, I'm going to use a word you, you've expressed to co-regulate together mm -hmm. and to do it on a greater level because everything we've been discussing in this beautiful conversation comes down to supporting ourselves, nourishing our nervous systems and healing together. And when we are vibrating in a healed state, there's endless potential to, to grow, to make a greater impact on ourselves. So I am committing to the mission of doing more and more of this intimate work, but the intimacy really tapping back into the emotions and the energetics and inviting individuals to come along and claim that reclaim that sovereignty on their journeys. So thank you for witnessing me as I declare that here. Oh. <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> I love this question. And Kate, that was beautifully, beautifully said. So thank you both for the invitation to open up that perspective and that doorway. What's really calling my soul right now is that dance between, and this has been my entire life, that dance between embodiment and spirituality, the earthen and the stellar. The, I love how you use the word coordinates, like those coordinates that are both 
grounded in the earth and in, in, in the sacred lines within the earth and then the sacred cosmic connection of the stars and the way that souls are brought into our spaces in the right ways and the right times to support this collective mission towards awakening. And I'm getting the chills again saying this, but I feel this more and more in these conversations. I, you're here, and Kate and I have come together, and then there's connections across the globe. And so we're expanding these coordinates to reach those in our communities that we need to connect with and to branch further and further out to this global heart where we really understand the truth of our interconnectedness and the web of you know indra's web that we are all a part of and that every action matters and our choices really matter and that we are not in any way shape or form alone here and that there's so much love and so much beauty and how do we bring it and how do we support it and how do we cultivate this in our own lives and then the lives of those we touch without spiritually bypassing and like pretending that everything is perfect and beautiful to come also into the hardcore reality of this embodiment process, this temporary existence, this Maya or illusion of all that, which is impermanent. So that is what's uh, pulling my heart at the moment. <laughs> I'd love to hear you answer as well, please. Yeah. I'm going to make a statement too, and uh, and it's part of my answer. And it's a bold, it's an authentic statement because you mentioned it, right? And I see different levels of spirit and how, because especially Dr. Lisa Miller's work, if if you look at it deeply and, and the awakened brain, what she says, and the spirituality and education conferences they have every year and the work that's been working its way towards mainstream for so so long now decades the absence of spirituality is causing a lot of suffering so for me and and i know the the word for bypassing and i understand in different levels but for me, it's spiritual uplifting, spiritual integration and in, into this way. Because, I, 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 hey, I, I know I've seen folks in, in the spiritual realm who just go along their merry way. Nothing is ever happening. Yes, this, this doesn't affect me. Even though you mentioned Indra's web, it affects all of us. And, and, and I've seen individuals at the beginning of the pandemic and God bless their heart and soul who just said, okay, this, you know, they work for kids. It's like, this works not for me. Let me just go to Peru and good. And it's like, okay. But I know for me, my purpose is here and specifically in this community. And, and so the integration of that, right. The integration and invitation, like, a like, a uh, Prentice talks about an trauma is an invitation to heal. For me, it's about bringing the duality together in a space that I call love, right? And and the love exists in the light and the dark and the pain and the glory and and to bring that on the forefront because you know the difference between me and 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 in regards to, not me but in in regards to spirituality and education, when I have an event that's traumatic that happens to me, 
and I'm not connected to my spiritual nature, there are high levels of depression where when I have access to spirit during that traumatic event, it's it's a tool of resilience to help me integrate that experience. And I just had one of our transformative educational leadership sessions last night, and and uh, we had a, a dear friend and soul of mine, Dr. Velma Cobb, talk about what's lacking in the world, especially in the world of of uh, of equity and this anti-racist work is integration on all levels, right? Individually and systemically. And and so for me, it is that integration. You know, my my purpose here is to awaken infinite love and and that is incorporating all that into the experience. The, the love of being in community together, the love of being in community while we're enduring pain together and the love of being in community while we're having a good time together. All this is for me part of the love and the building of beloved community. So that's really been alive inside of me and awakening is just the need to bring this. I'm smiling because a very dear teacher of mine, not a personal teacher, but someone I've followed and, and been inspired by for so many years since my childhood is Dr. Cornell West. And and he, he speaks of being amongst the least of these, right? And feet on the ground, connected to the ground. So I, I for so many years in, in this community, Neptune Asbury Park in particular, I've been around community leaders who will put down the very person we're actually creating these, um, doing this good work to help. Right. And so you outcasted an individual in the community, whether it be in a school level su- suspension or, or on a community level of saying that person's no good in the community doing it. But that's the, the integration. You're right. And for me to see my reflection, that individual it, is part of the love. Right. And, and, and so anytime I have an opportunity to to connect back to that space. I, I get this dearly when I'm in the schools. It's like, oh, this is why I'm here. You know, I don't care how many stages we go on and, and, and you know, publications and TV and stuff like that. This is why I'm here. And it's for the least of these. So that integration of spirit is an integration of humanness on all levels, right? You deserve to be here. Yeah, you might have done something, you know, and it may not be good for community, but let me tell you why I deserve to be here. I'm ashamed of behavior. I'm not going to shame you. I'm going to lift you up and tell you how we can do better in our community and help you understand why we're all connected right now. And and so for me, that that's the work is that integration and, and just on a personal level, because I'm wearing it right now. This is my brother's clothing line. And my brother was someone of the least of these always in school suspensions, always being an outcast and, you know, gang culture and selling drugs in and out of jail. And he had a prison sentence and he came out this last time with a a different mind and a, a more healed version of himself of tending to his body and his mind and his heart and doing some healing work and, and seeing life in a different lens. I'm like, this is what we need. Right. It's not to push people out, but to include everyone. And and for me, it's incorporating all that the things that we cannot that we don't like to see what the dark nights. Right. And, and the dark nights of our souls, of the pieces of ourselves and and of ourselves and reflections of other people 
to integrate that and to lift it up, right? And 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 ground down too, because not just you know it's, it's ground down and why we lift up and hold each other in love. Um, so for me that that's that's the awakening inside of me is, is to bring that to life and all the aspects of life and so that's it's the work that being called forth right now which doesn't seem much like work but it's it's purpose it brought like tears to my eyes and i felt your mission in my heart so thank you i mean just beautiful that reminded me of a story there's a Bible passage, I think, where Christ said, whatever you do to the least of my brethren, you do unto me. I have it written in my phone right now. Uh, there's also the story, I, th I think it's the Ubuntu, Ubuntu tribe in Africa, where it's the legend has it that when someone in the tribe does something wrong, something shameful, something they shouldn't have done, everyone in the tribe then surrounds him or her. and expresses all of the goodness, all of the good things that they have done, all of the beauty that they hold and carry. And there's so much medicine in that. Mm. It's powerful. It's powerful. I actually told in regards to that, Ubuntu, it's, it's a magical I am because we are. And I had told that to a group of students today. I told them to look up the documentary Mission Joy with Dalai Lama and Bishop Tutu. Right. And, and just that work of reconciliation, right? It, it's not about avoiding conflict, but how can we have an ongoing relationship after conflict? What is this inviting me to learn about myself and about how we connect to one another? And I think there's a lot of reconciliation that's needed. To, you know, and that's part of the integration. It's just how do we have an ongoing relationship? You know, with those who have such dramatically different views, radically different views of us and 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 how humans exist together. But how do we still incorporate and integrate our, our relationships together? And that's the work of healing resistance. I loved it because it just opened my mind on so many different levels of, of violence and nonviolence, not just the physical violence, verbal violence, even a thought that's violent. And, and then it took that word to realize how much violence still lives inside of me and and how in 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 the work of beloved community how can we exist together across people of different colors and and genders identities and political views and different views and and even humans and animals so you know how how do we exist together how do we integrate that together and and for me that's Ubuntu is <laughs> the work. I have a poem around Ubuntu, Ubuntu, I am, I am, you. And it's just, it's work each and every day. It's the ongoing relationship that I'm connecting to with myself that extends outside of myself to you. Thank you for that reminder. The golden nugget of keeping that keeping that alive as we navigate our way in and out of our days and all the unpredictability. Mm. The commitment towards ourselves with it. Mm. 
Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Hmm. This is a real gift for you to share not only the work that you're doing in the world, but your personal work and walking, mm -hmm. walking your truth. And thank you for sharing that with us and the community and bringing us back to the basics. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and for the deep integrity in which you hold this work and you hold the spaces that you create. And we're just thrilled to have you and to be part of this community with you and so just deep bow yes. we often ask our guests if there's a practice or a piece of art or something <laughs> you would like to share to leave our guests with whatever that may be no mm -hmm. pressure <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, poetry this one poem i've it's it's the work and it's it's called vulnerable and it's it has a lot of what i spoke about today love unconditional love and ubuntu and 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 just everything that i live by in this poem and it's called vulnerable should i okay to back up a little bit so I don't project too much. <laughs> I'd rather have that awkward wave with no wave back than to not wave at all. I am strong enough to withstand the embarrassment. I have fallen many times before I will get back up. Let my way be a symbol that my heart is open with no shame. Had dare I put up walls because of society's frame. A standard picture of what is normal. But I'm here to tell you that my love cannot be contained if I lose all else. My love is all that remains. I is all that remains. I'm unbounded by misery's chains. My intention is the way. Why should I refrain in fear that yours aren't the same? My love does not change if your love is not the same. I will waive no expectation of a way back because I have learned that unconditional love doesn't always love back. Unconditional love is all that we lack. If our love is unconditioned, then we will always wait back. My wave is a reflection of me. So when I wave to you, I only see me. It's the absence of unity that we see division between you and me. So for all to see, open and honestly, I wave. No shame. No blame. I love, no attachment, no frame. I will wave again. I will love again. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> Thank you.
That made me cry. <laughs> Thank you. Hmm. I appreciate you both dearly. Likewise. How can more people be involved with kids, support your mission, learn about you and where to find you? Hmm. Well, the first thing we often mention is you can support us by supporting you. And this work is extended beyond organization and just we always don't think of kids as an organism that's living and connecting and and so the more i bring balance to myself the more i do the work within me i'm contributing to the mission and just you know check us out conscious with a k spelled that word wrong on purpose k-o-n-s-c-i-o-u-s dot org that is our website and look up our social media k-y-d-s underscore n-j that's our instagram k-y-d-s dot n-j is our facebook and just check out and and we'll be opening a community wellness center a transformational space where individuals could do the deeper layers of of healing and work very soon uh uh we just have um uh, it's not quite announced yet, but a little surprise that has helped us uh, make that dream a reality. And, and we certainly appreciate both of you, Kate Jeanette, for that event that you did a few weeks ago and the donation proceeds because everything goes to supporting this dream and making this dream a reality. So and also, if you have a school that you want us to uh, connect to, I, I love the coordinates we've been. I said over 100, but I think it's over 110 schools now throughout the state. I just came back from Hackensack yesterday, and I know we'll be in Atlantic City a couple of weeks and everything in between, and Monmouth County, of course. But this, if you want to bring us in to do any work with your educators or students, reach out to us. Our email is info at conscious.org. And of course, keep your peace. Keep your peace. Thank so you. much love to you. So much love and gratitude. What a joy. We hope to have you back again. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you have the other half and <laughs> like a reflection. <laughs> Part two. <laughs> Thank you, Michael. Thank you. I appreciate you. That's it for today. Thank you, beautiful one, for being here with us. We hope you've learned something or felt inspired in a new way. If so, we hope you'll share this podcast. It's really helpful to us if you can go in and leave a review. This helps us reach more people and build this beautiful community. And in the meantime, we invite you to nourish your body, mind, and spirit.